Welcome to the Dancers Amplified podcast, a growing global alliance of dancers that seek to ignite change within the dance community. Our goal is to fight for social justice by opening up conversations that focus on racism and discrimination towards marginalized individuals within the dance and art community. In order to make progress, it is important to create platforms for creatives to share their hardships and experiences. We seek to motivate the activists of today to become the leaders of tomorrow. Our commitment to impose change while elevating artists is ever-growing. Now, let's turn up the volume. All right, welcome back to the Dancers Amplified podcast, where we are amplifying voices all over the world um, for all different artists. Today, we have Miss Chelsea Kiefer. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> she everyone. She is a um, soloist with Ballet West and a pretty spectacular human, as you will find out through our discussion today. Hi, mm-hmm. Chelsea. Hey, girl. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. Um, so let's just start off with, you know, you telling us about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Totally. So I am from Huntsville, Utah. I grew up here in Utah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I grew up in kind of like a farm town, you know, like Mm -hmm. small town. I grew up with horses. I have two older brothers. I'm the only dancer in my family. Um, my brother's a professional, middle brother is a professional freestyle skier. That's and awesome. then my oldest brother is a guitar player and financial analyst. And uh, yeah, I dancing since the age of three, you know, mm-hmm. doing all the things. <laughs> um, but yeah. Nice. Did you always know that you wanted to be a ballerina? Um, so I ranged between ballet and gymnastics, like power mm-hmm. tumbling. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of made the decision when I was 12, finally, that mm-hmm. I was ballet, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Benet Arnold who helped mm-hmm. actually start Ballet West back in the day. Right. With William <laughs> Christensen. She was my first, like, real ballet teacher. Wow. And when I was eight years old, she said to me, like, you need to come and train at Ballet West Academy in Salt Lake. And so from the age of eight until about 12, I was at the Ballet West Academy and I was driving like in a carpool, like an hour and a half to come down here and to train five days a week, you know, maybe six. (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, So, of course, I did some digging um, and I also read that you, you know, left Utah for a bit and then came back. What yes. made you decide to leave? Yeah. So I, I know I just felt like I wasn't really being challenged at the time when I was in the Ballet West Academy, um, when I was about 12 and like I, you know, had found out that other dancers were doing the Youth America Grand Prix competition mm-hmm. and like I wanted to start doing that, but Ballet West at the time wasn't really in support of the competition and my mom and I were just kind of like, well, this is what's happening everywhere else. And like, I had been going to summer programs already. Mm-hmm. I had spent two summers at the rock school for dance education mm. and a summer at Pacific Northwest ballet. And when I kind of in the middle of the summer, I just was like, if I want to do this career, you know, like when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 14 years old at this time. I'm like, if I want to do this career, <laughs> like I need to get serious about it now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I just felt like the training I was getting here was good, but it just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. And, um, I loved training at the rock school in the summer and I had a lot of friends there. And so I applied and got in and spent a year in Philly, wow. the rock school when I was 14. <laughs> 
And then I only stayed a year though. And I came back to Salt Lake mm-hmm. um, just cause it was an expensive program. And my parents right. were like, we can't pay for this. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't have that kind of money, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so I came back and I actually uh, trained with a Cuban dancer, Cristobal. Um, he had started a, a school here called Salt Lake Ballet. And uh, so I trained under him and re- Regina Zaharin and Misha Chupakov mm-hmm. and Misha, um, they both kind of prepared me for YAGP and Misha worked a lot with YAGP and they were great coaches. Um, but I, you know, my parents were still trying to force me to get educated and they were like, you're still going to college. You know? <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and you know, the online school wasn't really working. I didn't really have a tutor when I was 15, when I was living back here. And so, uh, my mom was like, Hey, let's try and get your GED and see mm. if we can get you into college early. So you can at least, Right. Start working on it, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, okay. So I did, and I got into the University of Utah and joined their dance program for two years and was still doing the Youth America Grand Prix competitions and, mm-hmm. like, was just really focused on getting a job. And um, when I was 18, um, I had gotten an offer to join the Tulsa Ballet. Wow. So that was my first job. I was in the Tulsa Ballet Second Company. Mm-hmm. And I was in the Second Company for a year, and then I got promoted up into the core, and I stayed... Two more years after that, and then I've been back at Ballet West since. That's and awesome. Going into my eighth season. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. How was Tulsa? Like, how was that environment compared to Salt Lake? Um, it was, Tulsa honestly is very comparable to Salt Lake. Mm. It's like, um, it's, but it's a little bit more of a Bible belt, but it's kind of like Utah because right. Utah's, you know, surrounded by Mormons, you know, and mm-hmm. so. Um, it didn't really feel much of a shift, but like, I definitely miss seeing the mountains. Like, <laughs> you know, I was on the flatlands and cornfields, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but the company was great. I really learned so much training under Daniela and Marcello. Um, and they're, they both danced in Ballet West back in the day for like, I think a season or two. Mm-hmm. And, um, so you know, they just, they coached me really well. They had really great repertoire and I was so fortunate. I got to do, uh, the Sylvie Guillaume, uh, woman one and in, in the middle of somewhat elevated oh when goodness. I was 18 years old, which was like, <laughs> holy cow. Yeah. Um, so I got to perform that and I just got great opportunity and great coaching. And, um, I kind of moved up pretty quick in the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the environment was interesting. It was mostly foreigners in the company. There's very few Americans. There was mostly dancers from Italy uh, that yeah. were in the company. It's like 80% of their company yeah. is yeah. not from They're the all US. foreigners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they're all beautiful dancers. Um, but, you know, by the third year, like I, I was, you know, still kind of getting opportunity, but I wasn't getting, I didn't have like the full on independence to like keep just working on myself. Like Mm -hmm. I had, I was so focused on being coached and like when I stopped getting coached, I just kind of fell like I wasn't, um, you know, just progressing and I was kind of bummed because I wasn't really getting the same opportunities and they had kind of started focusing on another dancer who had just joined. And so Mm -hmm. there was, it was, you know, tough for me to figure that out. And by that third year, I just kind of started hating ballet. Mm. You know, I just was like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I stressed out about all these things? Like, is it really benefiting me? And Mm -hmm. then like, you know, I kind of was just like, I would rather be a yoga teacher by that time. I Mm. had, you know, 
got my yoga certification and I'd been teaching at like five studios in Tulsa and I loved teaching yoga and I was like still focused on school. Like I was going to school all the whole time I was there still, (laughs) you know, online classes. And, um, yeah, I just ended up turning down a Demi Soloist contract to come back to Utah. Wow. And, uh, I talked to Adam and I was like, I think I want to join part time. I was like, I'm not really sure if I want to keep doing this. Yeah. I was like, but I still want to see, like right. take a little bit of a break and like figure out if this is what I really want to do and invest my life in. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of worked out great. Like I, that <laughs> first year back here, I was a supplemental dancer for Ballet West mm-hmm. and I did Giselle with them and was supposed to just do Swan Lake that mm-hmm. season, but um, they had a dancer get injured during Nutcracker. Oh no. <laughs> and while I was touring with Aspen Santa Fe Ballet, because I used to tour with Aspen Santa Fe Ballet and do their Nutcrackers. Oh wow. So I've been doing that since I was 16. That's incredible. Which was really fun. Like if I wasn't in a company, I was touring with Aspen. Uh-huh. I had a blast working with them. <laughs> and... Um, so I was touring with them, and I get a call from Ballet West, and the, we're like finishing up our last week of shows in mm-hmm. Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, they're like, "Tell us, uh, we need you for Ballet West Nutcracker. <laughs> like, can you come back?" And I was like, "Yeah, I finished my shows here, like the twenty second, and then I'll be good to go." Right. And um, so I was literally doing Aspen's Nutcracker, and then learning Ballet West Nutcracker. Oh my goodness! And had like five days to kind of get it in my body, you know, when I could. Right. And then I came back, I flew in really early, like on a Monday morning Mm -hmm. and, um, take class. Pammy, Pam throws me into (laughs) rehearsal and I'm like talking to Heather Thackeray at the time, who's Adam's assistant Mm -hmm. and, uh, company manager. And I was like, so am I performing tomorrow? She's like, no, honey, you're on show tonight. I was like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) And so like, thank God for the girls in the Ballet West Corps because they are just amazing. Mm -hmm. Like we have probably one of the best corps de ballets I've ever seen. And just the way we talk to each other Mm -hmm. and respect each other is just, you know, it's a blessing. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I went on stage and did Snow and Flowers that night with a half hour rehearsal for Snow and oh, a half man. hour rehearsal for Flowers. <laughs> oh, no. And only Bruce Caldwell was in the audience. <laughs> and it was the best because he, you know, talked to me the next morning. He was like, good job, Chelsea. <laughs> and I was like, ah, thanks, Bruce. <laughs> So yeah, and then did Swan Lake, got to do four little swans, and I just was like, I'm not ready to leave this. No, I'm like, I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's important to have those moments, too, to either step back or walk Mm -hmm. away and be able to come back, because it kind of just affirms. Absolutely. You know, like, okay, I I have to do this. I have to. This is my path. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I feel like, you know, as society changes, we've slowly grown into an all or nothing sort of mentality. Totally. And I I think that's amazing that you were able to have that support, but also the headspace to be able to right? step away and then decide, okay, you know what? This is actually what I'm supposed yeah. to do. So that's absolutely that's awesome. Thank you. Um, what, was there a specific part of your journey that you felt like kickstarted your activism? Like were you mm. always outspoken? I kind of, yeah, I kind of have always been pretty outspoken. Um, My mom just kind of raised me to be that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mom, I have, you know, a little bit of Mexican in me. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of a feisty side. And like, (laughs) I don't know, I just, and my dad, the same way, they both kind of just raised me to like, stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I was kind of the kid at 
school growing up in my Catholic school that didn't play soccer, didn't do cross country. You know, I was like the one of the two dancers in the school. And so going to PE class, like I always felt like an outsider, Mm. you know? And so when I was in ballet, I just was kind of like, this is my group. And like, this feels like at home to me. And so like, I think I started really speaking up just with how rehearsals were run. Like I Mm. wanted it to be productive and I'd already been kind of studying psychology mm-hmm. and just my mom she dove into buddhism when i was a teenager and so we kind of had a lot of conversations around like self-help books mm-hmm. and just you know how to communicate and how to understand yourself and so it i think the activism really started when i um was at the tulsa ballet because um Actually, even before that, (laughs) it was a Youth America Grand Prix competition, and um, I had been told that I needed to lose, like, 10 pounds to join Grand Rapids, and I was like, oh, okay, so you're going to pay me $50 a week, Mm -hmm. and you want me to lose 10 pounds? No, thank you. I'm not going to work for you. Mm -mm. Yeah. It was Patricia Barker who said that to me. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's also just, like, not healthy it's not healthy and I and I just was like you know what I'm still a growing female and I had a lot of respect for myself in that form I just was like I don't want to be that because I've seen so many girls around me be that and struggle right and it's so tough to see and Mm -hmm. so like you know I just said no to her and then I started having interactions with um certain like patrons of Mm -hmm. Tulsa Ballet where they were crossing the line and saying inappropriate things to me. And that's Mm -hmm. when I really was like, what is going on here? You know? And I started to kind of speak up and say things and, um, it's never left me. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, And I mean, that's incredible that you were able to find that voice at such a young age. Cause I feel like, especially in the ballet world, you know, the discipline that's taught we don't speak up, especially when we're younger and not until we're older. And we're like, why did I ever deal with this? And why are other people dealing with any of this? Exactly. You know, we're all adults. We're all human beings. Mm. And that's (laughs) the biggest thing that I want everybody to realize. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, like, it's so interesting because like we make a decision at such a young age, like I'm going to be a ballet dancer Mm -hmm. and we, we see the path to it. And we kind of see the sacrifice that we have to make. But there's a point when we're kind of along that path where, you know, obviously we're going to get off of it and get on it. And we're like navigating because we don't know what's actually going to happen. Like Mm -hmm. everything's out of our control, you know. But, you know, this one thing that I am really trying to push with the meditation classes that I've taught Mm -hmm. at summer programs or the workshops that I've done is just like realize you're a human being first. Like, yes, ballet is great, but like. How, how do you feel whole on your own outside right. of ballet? Yeah. You know, like what makes you feel good outside mm-hmm. of ballet? Because that's what's going to come through when you're performing within your artistry and everything that you do. It's like, what type of person do you want to be? Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. That, yeah. yeah, that identity outside of ballet and then bringing that, your true self into it really does make a huge difference. Because yeah. Because ballet can't and isn't our only yeah. identity. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, like many activists, you fight for many, if not all, causes. <laughs> is there, is there one that's kind of like hits home for you? One that you know mm. really just gets your gears going? What you know, yeah. like you support many things, but is there one that's just like right? <laughs> um, I'm very much about what's been going on this past year. 
Um, I'm very much about, you know, bringing forth the diversity within ballet companies and in mm-hmm. dance companies. My think my biggest thing is leadership mm-hmm. and how to be a director or a you know ballet master, ballet mistress, or rehearsal director, whatever terminology you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see the cycle be perpetuated, you know, of mm-hmm. how so- somebody steps into those roles and, you know, they've had these amazing careers, but when it comes to communicating, like I'm, we're starting to see shifts on how companies are being run and how mm-hmm. communication styles are changing. But that's like my biggest thing is like, I want us to really like start to look at each other as just individuals mm-hmm. who work together, who mm-hmm. respect each other and can have adult conversations, yes. you know? Cause I think, and we need to work as a team. I mean, I've, I've read so many books on leadership and I've thought about going to get a, like a master's in leadership just because mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me how, you know, some of these companies like outside of our world, um, really take people's perspectives in who are employees and they, you know, have certain hours they work and they change mm-hmm. their hours or they can work from home or they can, <laughs> you know, obviously we can't really work from home, right. but there's <laughs> things that we can shift to make, our career and our environment that we're in a lot healthier and to be more progressive and to run a nonprofit organization more like a business, mm. you know? Because, yeah. like, we got we to gotta, we gotta work together, right? you know? Well, I think we've also seen, too, that, one, as dancers band together, but also mm-hmm. just as people in general, you mm-hmm. know, work together, mm-hmm. that things actually get done in a much more productive way than one person trying to assume mm-hmm. the experience or the perspective and then mm-hmm. trying to push that on 65 people, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. or Absol- more depending on right. where and right. the place is. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, within Ballet West, I'm like the health and safety representative for a mm-hmm. union because I want to be able to, you know, make sure we're all getting what we need, whether it comes to physical therapy or to the stage temperature, Mm -hmm. like the stage being great and the temperature on the theater being like where it's supposed to be, you know, and if we need to start late one day or Mm -hmm. just like, I want those things to be like honored because it's like, that's how we are successful within our jobs, you know? And, um, you know, the marketing, I think every company that I've seen struggles with marketing and it's so hard to, um, kind of get our generation to come to our shows. I know ballet kind of has this elitist, mm-hmm. you know, hierarchy vibe to it, which, you know, I think it's, they're, they're having more conversations around it and how mm-hmm. it should be broken down. And I think there's still a lot more we can do, but right. you know, like within that kind of classism and hierarchy, like just the people who are in our industry and in our age and who are, in the company, like if we were to get more of our friends outside of the dance world to see these shows, like there's just a much more appreciation for art and like what is being expressed, and yes. it's like it helps people learn more about themselves, right? You know, well, it's, it's funny too because I, especially being in Salt Lake City where there's just a plethora of mm-hmm. artists, mm-hmm. it's amazing that every time I meet a new person, they're like astonished or you know, amazed at the fact that you're a ballet dancer, mm-hmm. and then it's mm-hmm. like, but then come, yeah, <laughs> come, come to the show. Come to the show, exactly. But, I mean, because people will spend hundreds of, do- hundreds of dollars to go to a concert or a basketball mm-hmm. game, and it's like you guys will get the same enjoyment or a more profound experience going to the ballet. And I feel mm-hmm. that as, you know, rep expands mm-hmm. past a 
fully classical company mm-hmm. that people will begin to appreciate Absolutely. classical ballet as the way that we do. Right, um, right. And which I understand because even we as dancers ourselves are like, we want both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. to get our hands in a whole lot of different kinds mm-hmm. of works. Absolutely. So I, it, it even talking to my mom, you know, she's not necessarily in our generation, but mm-hmm. she's still young. Mm-hmm. And even she's wanting so much more, but she's also seeing it from that she sees that we can do so much more. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how do you have these bodies that are capable of so many things mm-hmm. and we're not seeing it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because even when Jennifer Archibald was here and she did the piece on you guys, I, mm-hmm. it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, Jennifer Archibald was amazing, but also yeah. she had you guys looking phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> she, she did great work and I love seeing more females stepping into choreography roles and leadership roles in the ballet industry. I think it's so important. Um, But yeah, I I mean, it's like, there's just so much that I want to see change. And that's why I I like to remain so active in it just because it's like, I want to help people out, you know, like at the end of the day, that's what I want. I want people in the generations to come to walk into, you know, Mm -hmm. our careers and, their careers and just feel like wow we've come a long way and like yeah. look at the shifts that have <laughs> happened you right know? like wow I can actually be safe in this yeah in this space exactly and that's that's a big thing for me because um I've had quite a few experiences with um donors and stage mm-hmm. crew members that have been inappropriate and mm. you know on a sexual harassment level or verbally right you know and it's just um it's inappropriate and I I think that that's something that I actually really wanted to say on this podcast today (laughs) is that um, you need to honor yourself as an artist. Mm -hmm. Like just because somebody is donating to a company doesn't mean you have to compensate who you are as an individual in any form. And it's important to hold yourself accountable Mm -hmm. to hold the company and the you know, people who are representing the company accountable. And so if anything inappropriate is happening, make sure you are speaking up about it. Don't assume, oh, this is going to impact my career or my casting. And if it does, mm-hmm. you're in the wrong company. Absolutely. That, mm. I 1,000% mm. agree with that. <laughs> um, well, okay, so in that, in being outspoken, do you ever find it hard especially as a woman to Mm. be able to hold that space and be able to keep that confidence you know behind your words yeah absolutely I mean it was it was tough diving into my own podcast like you know I've I've had my phases where I've had to take breaks from my podcast just because I feel like I've emotionally exhausted myself Mm -hmm. you know speaking on things and um yeah that's it's tough it's really tough being a woman in this industry but at the same time like I look at the women around me that have influenced me mm-hmm. and like how much they've hustled to get where they want to get, Yeah, you know? And it's like, I'm reading women who run with wolves right now. Mm-hmm. And it just like, there's just so much like activism and like, you know, appreciation of your like wild nature as mm-hmm. a female in that book. And there's so many short stories around it. <laughs> and I just kind of feel like I'm like really stepping into myself right now. <laughs> and it's like, you know, there's nothing, let the fear go. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, my priority is loving myself, loving the people around me, and I will do anything to protect that. Mm-hmm. And you I know? think anyone that's around you feels that 100%. <laughs> 100%. Um, 
So what what brought you to start your podcast, podcast. the Chelsea uh. Keeper podcast? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I so I. Um, had seen American Ballet Theater doing a crossover into business program with Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I've seen it all over Instagram, like Isabella Boston and James Whiteside were posting about it, and I was like, "What is this program?" Mm-hmm. And um, this professor Anita Elbers, um, she is you know teaches at the Harvard Business School and runs this program, and it's all around like case studies of professional athletes and um, just how they brand themselves and how they create business opportunities out of themselves basically. Mm-hmm. And so I literally DM'd Anita <laughs> on Instagram and was like, I'm going to be in town. Could I come sit in on a class? <laughs> and I was in New York and I yeah. was like, I don't care. I'm going to Boston, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, she was like, yeah, come. So I got to sit in on a class at Harvard, which felt amazing. Yeah. It felt so cool. And I felt like, <laughs> Oh my God, like who would have thought this could happen, mm-hmm. you know? And I was really just trying to, like, figure out how to brand myself. And so we did a case. She uh, presented the case study on LeBron James. And, like, you know, I just kind of walked away from sitting in that class being like, wow, okay, how do I have a voice? Like, I've always kind of been an active activist on my Instagram, but, like, I want more. Right. And, like, for me, something that I've always really loved to challenge myself in is, like, okay, so I'm really understanding my physicality and how my body moves and like it's possibilities mm-hmm. I don't want to do the same thing with my voice mm-hmm. and so that's why I started the podcast okay. and it just was like I want to speak on things and I want to see how this goes and I want to talk to people you know yeah yeah um so I also saw that um through your podcast you're also offering different services for people to you know navigate that and find yeah. that for themselves so absolutely talk about that yeah (laughs) so um I I do a little bit of like kind of life coaching Mm. um but I was mostly doing uh workshops Mm -hmm. for the Ballet West Academy summer intensive and um I was focusing on meditation because I have a yoga certification and a yoga nidra Mm. certification so I was focusing on meditation and just kind of that like processing anxiety. I have a bachelor's of science in human development. And so I've kind of grouped all of the, my education together, whether mm-hmm. it's within Dala yoga or my actual bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just compiled it all and just started figuring out like what was benefiting me to relieve my anxiety before mm-hmm. I would go um, on stage. And then I started helping the students figure out how to go into an audition process mm-hmm. and literally succeed and not <laughs> psych yourself out. You psych yourself out yeah. to like the point where you mess up or where you forget choreography, you know, like, cause our brain just convinces us of so many things Absolutely. and to start to understand it. And I think you really start to figure it out when you start meditating and you sit with yourself mm-hmm. you start to realize, Oh, this voice isn't me this voice is from my family of origin and I'm the family of origin is meaning like, you know, your parents and how your parents spoke to you mm-hmm. or your ancestral background, right. you know, and just the patterns and your genealogy, like just all the things that are happening. And so, you know, once you can start to recognize the different voices in your head, whether mm-hmm. it's your mom speaking or your dad speaking, or it's you. Mm. And when you start to recognize your voice, yeah. that's when it's like, Oh shit, <laughs> here we go. The right. story has begun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like you get this, you know, accountability within yourself and a better understanding within yourself. And like, you're able to walk into a setting and feel comfortable mm-hmm. and not feel nervous or anxious or right. so in your head. You're so present, yes. you know? Yeah. 
And so, yeah, I, I help students go into their audition process and that sense of like, okay, try this and we'll meet and we'll talk about it. How did it benefit you? So in a way I'm kind of like a life coach therapist, you know, <laughs> yeah. for the dancers, just cause I'm like, this is what happened to me and I don't want it to happen to you. Right. You know? Well, I mean, it's, it's not in our space. So that's mm-hmm. amazing that you have begun to create that outlet yeah. in our world because there's yeah. a lot of those kinds of pieces missing. You know, the, right. the actual care for the mental side of mm-hmm. what dancers go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, and it's, there's just like a huge lack of research in our industry. Mm-hmm. And so I honestly feel like I'm just collecting data. Like when yeah. I am doing my podcast, when I'm talking to whoever I'm talking to or when I'm, you know choreographing or something Mm -hmm. like I'm just collecting data and I am like trying to share it to the world you know and it's it's gonna you know it's gonna benefit myself hopefully Mm -hmm. you know that's at the end of the day that's what I want to do but obviously I want it to benefit other people right and you can either you know get along with what I'm sharing and what I'm saying Mm -hmm. or it just doesn't work for you and that's totally fine right you know you find your crowd (laughs) (laughs) how what have you found with, you know, talking to different artists, mm. you know, what are the experiences like? Um, you know, it ranges. Most of the time it is that like self-sabotaging voice mm-hmm. of like, I can't do this or I'm not strong enough mm-hmm. or I am not artistic enough or I don't have that body. Like if mm-hmm. you were to get on that level of like body image and I think that that's like, ugh, it makes me so sad that that's still... <laughs> such a thing in our industry, you know, um, obviously like you have to have a certain physicality and you have to be able to like move, you Mm -hmm. know, but, um, yeah, it's like the self-sabotaging voice in your head that is trying to shove you down Mm -hmm. and it's just like convincing you of things that are not real. And so the moment you can kind of change that habit at the end of the day, that's what I've learned. It's like, everything we do is a habit. Mm -hmm. And so when we can start to recognize that we can shift the perspective or shift the conversation we're having ourselves to something being more, um, empathetic or self-soothing or, um, even just like open Mm -hmm. instead of like putting yourself in a box. Like, why do you talk to yourself this way? You know, instead of saying, I don't, you know, or, I can't, if Mm -hmm. we use that language, we are closing ourselves off. Yes. And so I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I've learned. It's just like, no, like let's, let's shift the perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a, a way that you envision or that you think is possible for our world to begin to shift? Mm. Because there's this very big shift happening right now, just Mm -hmm. with policies and, equality Mm -hmm. in companies. Mm -hmm. Um, but as we said before, you know, there are still aspects that are missing, especially in wellness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, is there a way that you envision or uh, a way that you think that we Mm. can move forward Mm -hmm. in that, especially in tandem with all these things because they kind of coincide? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, you know, I think it starts at the summer intensives Mm -hmm. and the academies, um, across the country and across the world. It's like, those are the settings where, you know, the kid is already attached to this industry. They are like, I want to be in the studio mm-hmm. day in and day out. And so when you have somebody who has that mentality at such a young age, you want to start having those conversations around meditation and around how to take care of yourself and um, a nutritionist, you know. And, like, I think 
schools and summer programs can provide that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's like a great way to create another level of Mm self-discipline for the kids coming up into our industry. Um, so I would say that's a big part. And then when it comes to, you know, members of a company and whether you're artistic staff or administrative staff, there needs to be more stuff around leadership (laughs) and, you know, um, a cohesiveness and a camaraderie that, you know, like we're bouncing ideas off of each other and it's not so much like, you know, just two people making decisions. Mm -hmm. You want everybody to be speaking up and saying something. And I think that we see quite the divide in most companies of, um, you know, dancers and staff. And I think that that's where, um, a big shift should be happening, you know? Yeah. I think that's wonderful, and I and I think that's important. Even, you know, in my own activism, thinking about what we need as um, African Americans or Black Americans, mm-hmm. and any minority really for that matter, Absolutely. you know, it really does start with either your own childhood or the children coming up behind us, mm-hmm. because, you know, policies can change as much as they want, and we mm-hmm. can revamp these institutions as much as we want, but if we're not actually putting these into the future, Mm -hmm. the change isn't really happening. So I I think that's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's important. And it's been so fun to, um, you know, have so many conversations with you this past year Mm -hmm. and for us to do some deep diving and to hold Valley West accountable and to see our company make some shifts, you know, their baby steps, Mm -hmm. but at least we're having conversations around it now. And, And I think that that's something that, you know, when, sometimes we'll like be reading dance magazine or point magazine and we'll be reading about auditions and things just feel so far away from us. Like we feel like we can't grasp it. Right. And so like, you know, when it comes to these conversations of like bringing in equality and more diversity and, you know, mm-hmm. um, not typecasting, you know, like all of those things, if we can address the company that we are currently in now, address the administrative staff, address the artistic staff, like, that's where we're going to see the change. Like right. it, it feels overwhelming because we're seeing so many conversations happening around our industry and our world. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, are we going to get anywhere? Yeah. <laughs> like, should this, you know, should the ballet world just like stop now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. there's, there's a little bit of fear of that, mm-hmm. but you know, I realized being in the Salt Lake community and realizing the impact I want to have within the Salt Lake community, like that's where it starts. It starts yeah. with what's in front of you. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm loving seeing that there's so many different people of different ranks and different groups having the same goal absolutely you know Mm -hmm. and being able to sit down and have that conversation I mean the Mm -hmm. fact that we're actually able to talk to Adam and our directors Mm -hmm. and say and well one for them to even ask for the feedback and then two to be able to give it and it doesn't just stop there it's been an ongoing conversation Conversation. which Mm -hmm. I feel like is important you Mm -hmm. know I I feel like through history but also with just how we think and how we move in life, people, um, you know, they think it has to be now or never. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen now, then it's never going to happen. Right. But changes, like real change takes time. Mm-hmm. And it's a process. Yeah. We can't just... We have to build the foundation yes. first. Absolutely. You know? And yes. it takes a lot to build a foundation. Mm-hmm. You got to, like, <laughs> lay out the forms. You got to lay out everything you know mm-hmm. and you got to look at it like you're building a house right and, and, and if you want the house to stand strong <laughs> true and then even even deeper into that you yeah. know 
we are the foundation. Yes. Therefore, everything internally with us has to begin to mm-hmm. uh, strengthen mm-hmm. and solidify mm-hmm. and build its own foundation so that we can be a part of... Completely. The change. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so, so, so much. Of course. For talking with us today. Of course. Um, I think you have such a beautiful perspective about the future and the change. Um, mm-hmm. So I was really happy to be able to bring you here and thank you. talk with you today. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Thank you. I can't wait to have you guys on my podcast. Yes, we're very excited. About yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, let's let's do this together you know let's mm-hmm. keep these conversations going i was so excited about this dancers amplified i got a sweatshirt already <laughs> tondu forward right <laughs> yeah guys get get your merch and join the conversation you know this is not just a a movement or just mm-hmm. like a singular entity this is global this is yeah. together yeah we're not a trend no we are not a trend no we are not not even close <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the this is you know how we're building our world mm-hmm. the way that you know it should be functioning mm-hmm. full acceptance of all people all bodies mm-hmm. absolutely in all spaces exactly <laughs> exactly um well yeah thank you for being here thank you for listening and we'll see you next time thank you jazz <laughs> thank you for tuning into dances amplified your continued support and engagement with our work is the fuel that keeps this engine ignited come join us on dancersamplify.com and discover many ways to engage with our activist community and remember always we know our power grace and flexibility Our intellect reaches beyond our bodies, the studio, and the stages on which we present our work. Artists are at the forefront of change. Now is the time to tondu the work.